Hey, you guys, I'm so grateful to have a special guest with us. We have Mr. Ian with us. He was raised and reared in a generationally gifted music culture. He has forged his own way as a critically acclaimed solo artist. He's a songwriter, and he's also a great musician. Um, he's insightful. He also has a lot of intuition as it comes to music. He's done a lot of great things, and I thought it would be great for us to have him here as a guest. He's an R&B singer, and he's an artist that I think that has a lot of impact in our culture. He was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he grew up with deep roots firmly planted in the church, where he honed his skills as a musician and a singer. And he's a part of a gifted musical family. And you guys are going to learn more about that very soon. And we're so grateful to have you, Ian, here as a guest on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Now, I want you guys to know a lot about this guy. Like, he's toured with a lot of people. And when I was looking at the list, I was like, man, he's like some of my favorite artists. Like, New Edition, if anyone has never heard of New Edition before, you must be on the rock. It's one of my favorite bands from many years ago. And we think of, like, New Kids on the Block. They were the African-American version of it, but just hipper, in my opinion. Uh, I love New Edition. love Joe, Montel Jordan. And Destiny Child, that's amazing. Really? No, absolutely. Yeah, this um, those guys are uh, you know guys that uh, growing up in the in the '90s were like you know the most influential, well, some of the most influential artists. Uh, and I've had the opportunity, you know, I guess in R&B music, and I've had the opportunity to share stages with those guys. And um, yeah, I mean, I just come from a deep pedigree um, of musicians, and as a music lover, having the opportunity to uh open up and do shows with these guys share stages on that on that level i mean so many so many more um uh it's just been a great great learning experience as well as uh just a great you know i guess lesson to do what i do i think that's just it's i mean new edition alone it's just enough to learn so much from the dance, I mean, the dance movement, the the singing, when we think of Ralph, Bobby Brown, I can name a lot of the ones when we think of just what they have done, even to have the career that they have now, a lot of them are still doing solo work. It's amazing. Of course. No, sure. Uh, when I got an opportunity, I only actually did two shows with uh, New Edition, um, and it was a, a band that I was with at the time. We were, uh, I guess they call them boy bands now, but we were a group, you know, back in the early 2000s. And um, we were like the hottest, so the most popular uh, regional artists in, in this region from Texas to Florida uh, and everything in between. And every time, you know, big artists would come into town for different concerts and shows, we were some of the first bands, uh, first artist groups to, to uh, be called to open up because we were, you know, we had a, a, a big audience and uh, obviously our level of talent and uh, professionalism was at a, such a place that, you know, most promoters love to do business with us. And that's kind of how that opportunity presented itself. But um, definitely got a chance to, you know, that was definitely a, a real highlight at that time um, when they, uh, I want to say the single that they had, when they had just come back out early 2000s with an album, but the single was uh, Hit Me Off, I believe it was. Uh, and I'm still in love with you. They were kind of promoting those those records. And um, we got an opportunity to to play with them. It was, it was just an amazing experience. That's amazing. Now, another amazing experience is being trained by the incomparable Betty Nelson. That That's amazing. I mean. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That, um, you know, 
Betty Nelson, um, she's such, she was such a, a great influence on myself and actually my brothers um, and other family members. So back when I was a, uh, in high school, um, the, uh, our, our church, uh, international, uh, interdenomination, I'm sorry, faith assembly um, in Baton Rouge was my aunt was the pastor. And um, she, you know, had brought Betty Nelson down from Houston to come perform and, you know, get minister at the church. And uh, she took a real liking to me and my brothers. And uh, she actually, we actually went on tour with her uh, in Europe back in, you know, well, I guess I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. When, when that first happened, I might have been 13 or 14 years old. And she would take us back to Houston with her over the summer. And we would be at her house uh, with her daughters um, training and her son, uh, Pastor Brian now, and um, Avenida and uh, Mia, all those guys. We were kids and, uh, you know, you have some of the greatest singers would be at the church and have these, con- these concerts um, on second Sunday, I believe. And we were literally being groomed by her and people like Kim Burrell was there. Nikki Ross was there, uh, my cousin Micah Stampley, these folks, like all these great pillars in gospel music, we were being, you know, trained with them uh, at that time. Around that, around that time, I believe Kim Burrell's first album came out, like 94, 95, something like that. But so, I mean, I, again, I come from a deep pedigree of, of musicians, singers, and, um, you know, definitely uh, homegrown in church and, um, you know, but definitely migrated more to the R&B music because that's just what I love uh, in terms of the style, uh, the way the, the R&B vocals were performed. But yeah, that was definitely another great uh, lesson and teacher. She was uh, amazing and I love her to death. That's amazing. And I think being influenced, like you said, even with R&B as well, like Brian McKnight, as we all know, is one of the best vocalists, I would say, of all time. I love his voice. No doubt. His son actually sings really no well, doubt. too. I've heard Brian McKnight sing. Amazing. He's amazing. Um, Boys to Men, I saw that you also yeah. were influenced by their harmony. And then Nas. Like, I love Nas. Anyone who has not heard of Nas the Rapper, you know, like, he has such an amazing, you know, way of, like, he's very poetic in the way he shares his music. But I love, like you said, when Boris yeah. to Men, like they're an amazing band. Yeah, for sure. They uh, one now. I never got the chance to share stages with them. That's uh, I always like, man, I would love to sing with Boris to Men back in the day. Uh, even now, it would be dope. You know, they may not be uh, as in the forefront as they used to be, but I would still love that just as a uh, as a tribute. You know, just because they were such so influential, influential to me. But yeah, guys like Brian McKnight, Joe. Boyce and Men um, and Nas um, are some of the greatest inspirations for me, period. Uh, Nas, in terms of his um, his writing skill, his ability to tell a story. Um, you know, Brian McKnight, just with his his elite, you know, vocal skill and uh, musicianship. And uh, Boyce and Men for the same thing. Uh, Joe for the same thing. Um, and uh, also, you know, Guys, you know, groups like the Winans and groups like the Commission back in those days were, uh, they were everything to me. So when people hear me now, a lot of people definitely of this generation may not know who some of these guys are. But uh, when people hear me now and they're like, man, you, you have this particular style and sound, a lot of that is definitely a tribute to all those artists I just mentioned. 
I love that you mentioned those artists because I love all of them. Like I also love like Eric Benet, which is an amazing yeah. singer. Bala, sure. music soul child. Like there's there's so many of them out there, and I always think of like, and we think of gospel roots. Like Fred Hammond is a voice that you just never forget, oh, but yeah. it just reminds you where you were when you first heard their first song and how they make you feel. It's the influence, you no know. Doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, Fred Hammond was, uh, you know, obviously a founding member of that group commission I mentioned. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, they all, I think he played bass back, uh, for the Winans back in, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, art begets art. And you, you know, these guys uh, don't realize that, or maybe they do at this point, but at that time, they were creating whatever they were creating and inspired by, and they were spreading, passing that torch along. And then, you know, that message and that art form and that creativity was passed to guys like myself who just want to keep pushing it forward, pushing the culture forward. Uh, so whatever I can do to help contribute uh, to the offering of great music, um, definitely from the spark that they passed to me, I want to do that for future generations. And I think you've already done that. I mean, when we go back, I'm going to show you how much of a fan I am of your music. So we're going to go way back. <laughs> 2007 good news yeah yeah see i know i know some stuff 2008 that was just self-titled album 2014 we have love songs beats and guitars yeah and then some of your singles that i really liked i think one of my favorite ones of course is the 2020 single us against the world i mean I think that that's just such a great, it's a great message. And it's just something that I loved about that song, but I'm going to go a little further back. 2016 love like this. (laughs) Yeah. Love like this was a sleeper. Um, I dropped that record. I didn't even really put much promo behind it. Uh, At that time I was going through some things. I uh, actually was going through a divorce and um, that song wasn't inspired by that, but it was a record that I had. And I, at that time I was just kind of in a weird place and, um, you know, I had, was coming off of, uh, I had pretty much marketed and toured the, uh, us again, I'm sorry, the uh, Love Songs BC Guitar album, all of 14 and uh, the first half of 15. But during that time, I was going through this separation and everything. And I dropped Love Like This. And it was definitely a sleeper record. I, it's, like one, it's like one of those gems. I still want to go back and uh, revisit it and re-release it. But uh, yeah, I love that record. Yeah, I think you did amazing on it. Like that, that one stood out to me. I mean, it was profound just listening to you sing. And like I said, it's your styling of the way you sing a song, I think. And that that's what makes an amazing artist. Sure. Um, if you guys have not heard of any of these songs or albums, of course, please stream it. Look it up on Spotify. It's there on, on these streaming platforms. And I want you guys to support him. Yes. But I really want you to kind of start when we start with the questions. I really want to go to the first one for you, which I think stands out to many artists. What goes into Ashley songwriting for you? What goes into that process? You know, um, it's different for most people um, or for a lot of people. For me, um, you know, a lot of things I write are autobiographical and others are just, you know, from experience that I see other people dealing with or just things that I'm thinking about. Um, every so often I'm writing from a place of, uh, hope and, um, you know, just admiration of just hoping, you know, thinking about something that I would like to happen or like to see. Um, and I'm also a storyteller. So when I write, obviously whatever is, whatever, uh, is I'm inspired by, 
sometimes I'm writing a song and it takes me five minutes to write the whole song. It's just like a deposit from heaven. Uh, other times it takes me, you know, a few years to finish a song. So it just really depends. Um, I'm a, I play guitar. So a lot of times I'll start a, I'll start a song off with a guitar melody or um, other times I'm just, you know, just be a melody I hear in my head and I'll just have something I want to say and I'll just come up with whatever that melody, however it comes. It's just a gift, honestly. Um, I don't really have a, a science to it to tell people how to do it the way I do it. Uh, at the same time, you know, the, the art of songwriting for me is obviously a release of of uh, just creativity. And again, I think I mentioned before, like art begets art. I may hear something from another artist or see something uh, that inspires me to write a song. And then I'll just, you know, tap into um, my gifting and pull out that pen and pad and, and start writing, telling the story uh, to Melody. I like that. I mean, and, and you're right, but each artist is different. And sometimes when you're doing collaborative work, especially with a different producer or someone else, um, you know, I think Absolutely. it's amazing. I feel like you have to come out with an open mind and then maybe that song or record may not be for you, but it could be written for someone else. And it's just about that collaborative 100%. effort for sure. Um, no, 100%. It's funny. Like I've written a bunch of records for artists over the years um, and been a part of uh, you know the creation of a bunch of different things and um, working with so many different producers you know, sometimes it's all about connections, about vibrations. And, you know, some of the greatest producers, sometimes I may not have a, a spark with. And then another guy may come along and have something that I find to be, you know, whatever melody he's working with is, is just speaking to me. And then a song will come out and then we'll have something. You know, so it's one of those things. I remember writing one of the songs. Um, it's off one of my old projects, I Will Always Love You. I was originally writing that song for Joe. Um, my the production team I, I worked with, um, we were working on uh, Joe's album at the time, and uh, I wrote that song with him in mind. And it was a, a, a producer named Koja, a guy from Germany who I had teamed up with, did the track. And um, when they first heard it, they loved the record, they was going to use it, I thought. And then, you know, the other producer that I was working with, he didn't, he hadn't touched that song. You know, it didn't fit the flow of the album of, of uh, how they were producing it. So long story short, that one didn't make the project. But it's, it's stuff like that. When you're working with different artists, I'm sorry, different producers, and you're writing, you know, you may have one artist in mind for something. I know for me, I'll have one artist in mind for something. But then the songs for me sometimes other artists want and vice versa. You know, uh, it's just it's just a process. And I love that you said that, um, Ian. I think you released that song. Tell me if I'm wrong. In 2012, I will always love you. Am I correct? Was it around that time? I, yeah, I did. It was originally 2012. I wrote that song, I believe, around 2010, 2011, and uh, it was sitting on the shelf for a couple of labels for a couple of uh, artists that it was on the you know on the uh, listing to uh, release, and uh, no one moved on it fast enough. And then eventually, I just said, "Man, I'm going to put it out myself." So that was 2012, but it was also on that Love Songs PT Guitars album. Absolutely. That's great. I love that. And it's, that's another great song you guys, y'all can listen to um, that Ian has written and performed. Now let's talk about your top five albums. If you could choose, this is a hard question, your top five albums in any genre of music, what albums would you choose 
And what singer, this is a two-part question, what singer would you have died to sing with and sing a duet with who's already passed away? Wow. I honestly don't know that I would have died to sing with anyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love life that much. I mean, you know, so I don't, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I love so many artists, but none that I'm like, oh, I wish I, I, I would die to sing with this person. But I will say, yeah, a bunch of guys on my list who I would have loved to do a record with. Uh, I would have loved to do a record with Marvin Gaye. Um, I would have loved to do one with like Donny Hathaway. Um, you know, those are some of the old school guys who really inspired me. I mean, you know, guys who are obviously still alive, who are great inspirations to me, like you wonder. Uh, I would love to still at this point do a record with him. I'm actually in the works process of work um, of uh, re, re, re I'm sorry, producing uh, one of his old songs. I'm not going to mention it yet until I release it, but uh, and I also get clearance on it. But um, you know, Stevie is just like one of my greatest inspirations. So like, um, I just one of my favorite albums. Um. Now at this point, it just gets so tough, man. There's so many, so many artists that I love um, from so many different genres. Um, I think, like Brandy, like I would love to do a record with her. Um, Jasmine Sullivan, I love to do a record with her. I can make this list go on and on. So in terms of five, it's so tough to do, <laughs> so hard to do. I know I made it. I made it real hard. You're like, man, I could give you a hundred of them, but I mean. As we all know, Brandy is like the vocal Bible, and people have used that term for her many times before, but it's the truth. I mean, especially her last album, and I tell people, like, she talks about a lot of tough things that most people don't discuss, which is mental illness, which is one of the main things she mentioned in two of her songs. Um, I think Bye Bye um, Polar, I think, was one, if I remember correctly, and then um, Borderline, of course, which is her lead single. And I thought it was just such a great, she was inventive in how she mm-hmm. shared it. But I mean, she does her own harmony. She produces, she, I mean, it's it's just unbelievable how amazing she is. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, I've always been a fan of her since, again, back in the 90s. And I look at a girl like, I'm, I've never met Brandy, uh, never done any music work with her, but I look at girls like her as, um, you know, somewhat of a, somewhat of a peer because I was making music at the same time. I, I mean, I, I was not, you know, I was doing more gospel music at the time. And I was, I mean, she's only a year or two, maybe older than me. And at that time, back in the mid nineties, I was recording, uh, working with a bunch of different people at that time. And I looked, I was like, man, I want to do a record with Brandy. And she blew up to be one of the biggest stars in the world at that time. And again, fast forward, I've never uh, met her, never had an opportunity to do any music with her, but, um, you know, I, I recognized her gift then, how unique and how, you know, special that she was at that point. And people are saying it now, you know, in the past so many years recognizing it. But I remember when she first dropped, like with that baby, baby, baby single. Um, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you, know back then, how, you know, that I was like, man, I, I can hear, you know, the way she approached her harmonies. And she had done that song with uh, with Wanye from Boys to Men, Broken Hearted. That's one of my favorites, you know. Oh, that's yeah. So, you know, this girl is on another level. And I, so I look at people like that and I want to make music that speaks to that level of greatness. You know, um, so I try my best to, um, you know, I try to contribute to the to the culture and, and present my offering at that with that level of, of quality. And I think that's a great way to look at it, especially 
um, when we talk about producing music. I think it's singing on a track is one thing, but like I said, really being a part of every aspect of the music industry and, and your own music itself that you, would you want to portray in your album to make sure that's cohesive of which you're sharing your message. I think that that takes a lot of time, effort. Um, and I know if someone has a spiritual belief system, that a lot of prayer and meditation, like you really have to use a lot of key components to make something that that you release because it's almost, I used this example before with another artist I had interviewed and it was like um, almost like giving birth to a child. It's just, it's almost that same feeling because you're, you're giving it to someone else. And I think that's great. No, sure. 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 I look at it as like, um, you know, I say this a lot. It's like, we all have a, this, you know, God designed us to have these, you know, uh, I would say God like qualities and that's the, our ability to create. You know, and we, you know, everything that we have, everything that we've ever had, we've had to create it um, because we're a product of the creator. And with that said, you know, we create something out of nothing with all of our talents, you know, whether you're building an engine from nothing or whether you're building or designing a a house or a clothing line. Um, Me as a singer, I birth music like it's, it's nothing at one point and then it's an idea and then it's actually a tangible product that I'm able to uh give to someone else I mean, they sing it back to me um you know at a concert or uh you know they, they, i was able to give that to them and they played it at their wedding or at their party and that means so much it's like man I, I created that that came from me and i was able to you know give it life and uh and it's inspired someone else so you know absolutely and I love that you said that because it goes back to the influence you've had on the younger generation. I know you've been performing for over 20 years. How has COVID-19 affected you as far as a musician or have you been affected at all due to COVID? Well, 100% I was affected. Um, at the, the fall of 2019, I think around, matter of fact, around this time, November of 19, I had an album listening party um, for the album I was going to release called Love and Loss. So Us Against the World was scheduled to be the first single for that album and um we had a lot had a tour set up we were going to do like the foundation rooms for um house of blues all, the, all of them around the country and um of course the album in march happened i'm sorry uh, march 13th i believe is when covid happened i remember the date specifically um when the shutdown happened um it completely stopped everything. So all the can- dates got canceled and then I held back the release of the album. And, you know, I just started tri- uh, trickling out singles. When, and that's how uh, Us Against the World dropped in the summer of 2020. So I hadn't done any performances, any shows, anything of the kind at, at that point because, you know, because of the shutdown. So I would do, you know, I just start releasing songs. Uh, I think in 2020, I released five songs uh individually um and it was in the i'm sorry i did i did us against the world and then i released three on a project called love and lost uh ep episode one is what it stood for and then it was three songs on there and then Mm -hmm. i released one other one um um all right with me featuring box so those five, and so I was just releasing the music and get, definitely getting a lot of great feedback and uh, a lot of streams and spins on different platforms. But um, yeah, in terms of me being able to get out and perform, I wasn't able to do that. So, you know, using social media to connect with the fans and, um, 
you know, everybody was just going through a rough time, including me. I actually suffered from COVID back um, in the fall of 2020. Um, so yeah, COVID was a COVID was a, a monster for sure. Well, we're grateful that you survived it and and that you're thriving now because there are so many people who have lost their lives or family members to COVID. And so we're glad that you're here um, and being able to share still your musical um, abilities with us and and your experiences. Now, I had a question about, I'm going to kind of switch gears. Do you have a favorite author? Because I know that you are an author yourself, right? Absolutely. Okay, so can you kind of tell us, who is your favorite author? Someone that you really looked up to or were inspired by? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I've never been um, like an extreme uh, reader. Like when it came down to novels and um, uh, I guess, you know, just any books in general. Um, I was a comic book nerd growing up. So I always like everything that outside of music, everything that I ever, uh, you know, really dove into and got inspired by was supernatural or superhero type stuff. So, um, you know, this is as, as I guess, lowbrow as it may come across. My favorite author was Stan Lee, <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, these days I have like a number of different authors and writers writing a number of different books that I love, but, um, my greatest inspiration was guys like that. So the books that I write are, you know, they're fictional books. Uh, I'm writing a book right now called uh, Ben Tiger, uh, The Genesis of an Assassin. It's just, it's an incredible, I think it's an amazing uh, book. And uh, I have a vision for it to go to film and television in the future. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that type of thing. Fictional stories, um, you know, uh, that are anime related or superhero related. That that type of uh, storyline is what I love the most. I think that's great. I, I I like all types of books. So my favorite genre is the murder mystery genre. Um, but okay. I like all of them. I mean, I can I love comedies. When you read books that just make you laugh, uh, I I just think like mm-hmm. my favorite author is Agatha Christie and. And anyone who knows, and then my favorite book that she wrote gotcha. is, and then there were none. So I mean, for me, I I had to read uh, that when I was, I think I was in seventh grade, if I remember correctly. And I'm like, why is a seventh grader reading this book? But it was on our book list of books to read, and I just remember reading that, and I just kind of fell in love with her style of writing and just the message. And then it just kind of got me involved with that. But yet, yeah, writing itself can be stressful, but it can also be therapeutic and I know that from my own personal experience of writing, but I think that's great that you're able to kind of go into more, like you said, like the anime um, way of thinking. And then also like we think of like Stan Lee, who we all know, rest in peace to Stan Lee, but he was such an amazing, innovative guy. And Black Panther still is one of my favorite movies that I've seen. I mean, just such a great movie. Um, sure. and hopefully we'll get to see a lot more of, that type of you know Part workout two, yeah. there because it was just it was inspirational. No, absolutely, and I believe like my story. Um, that not harping too much on that, but Vin Tiger's story is definitely a black story. Um, like for the African American uh, people that they can rally behind, like the Black Panther. It's not specifically. Um, it's nowhere. It's not the same story in any type of way, but 
um, I believe it can have that type of impact uh, to the culture. Um, I guess in terms of like serious novels or serious books, um, people that I like, you know, I've, I've loved James Baldwin. Um, and I, I, the, the most recent book that I've read, um, and actually, and I'm saying this, I've read this book three times and it's, you know, by Pablo, uh, was it Paulo Coelho? Actually, it's uh, The Alchemist. So like that book is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's such an incredible book because it actually touches on a number of different things that are somewhat supernatural, but it's real. It's like a real, it's, you know, it's like a real story that's, that's inspiring in a, in a number of ways too. Um, talking about this alchemy in general, um, talks about so many different things. Um, but that's just like books like that. I, I like very imaginative books and stories. So I think that going back to my music, I'm a storyteller in my in my songwriting. At least those are my favorite songs when I'm able to do that. Some, you know, I don't do it in every song, but when I'm able to kind of take you on a story or take you on a journey, um, or I would I like to call it an audio movie um, with uh, my stories. You know, I, I like you to you know sit back if you listen to it. You can actually picture characters acting these parts out, or even yourself. You know, it's a that's that's a my my objective all the time. And I think that when we think of like acting it out, like when we think like a storyboard, when we think uh-huh. of even that for videos, I think that's a big part. Like you want to be able to see the vision and then like being sure. almost like your own director when you're writing a song, you're directing the narrative of each part from the interlude to the, you know, the verses to the chorus. Like you really are trying mm-hmm. to figure out how it relates to you and what message you want to convey. So I think that's a great way of putting it. I think that really can be helpful. Oh, sure. Now let's talk about um, if you could give your younger self any piece of advice, what would you tell yourself today? If you could talk back to your younger self. Hmm. Just take the leap. You know, um, I was always one, you know, a lot of people who know me know I was always one that kind of did the extra thing. Um, being from Baton Rouge and having experiences that I've had were nothing short of a blessing, honestly, when I think back, because it's like a lot of my peers at that time didn't have the experiences or the exposure, rather, that I had. Um, you know, again, I was traveling across the globe and all across the country singing and meeting so many different people, having a bunch of opportunities presented to me from uh, major record labels and, uh, you know, there's so many different things. And I met a lot of great people. And a lot of those relationships I still have to this day. Um, when I look back, I would probably just say, just, just, just take the leap. Like it was things that I, I held myself back from. Um, one thing I had, I remember having an opportunity to do something and I just, and I didn't do it because the girl I was dating and I didn't want to disappoint her. And I would, you know, when I could have moved to, you know, California or to another state at that time of something that was presenting, that was an actual pretty good opportunity. So things like that, like just stay focused on what it is that you want to do and take the leap. You know, a lot of times being in one environment can hold you back from being able to truly explore, you know, explore and expand to the next level. And honestly, just completely believe in yourself. Uh, All the naysayers that are trying to keep it safe, um, that's them wanting to do what they feel feel is best for them. But that's not always, specifically for me, that hasn't always been uh, what's best. Normally when I take a leap of faith and move out and just, just do it, 
uh, it always works out for me. And, you know, God has me and covers me every time I do it. So I would just, you know, give myself as a, my younger self that encouragement to have the faith and the confidence to be able to just step out and do it. I like that. I mean, taking a leap of faith can be one of the hardest things, especially um, when you have other responsibilities. Um, and so sure. for some people, that can be one of the hardest tips of saying, hey, I, I need to do this for myself because we sometimes can be so consumed with everything else around us that we don't find time for ourselves. But I think when we talk about self-preservation and focusing on you, I think that's a great piece of advice. Like, you know, leap of faith doesn't necessarily for each context mean going to another state or another country, or another place, but it could be just believing in your intuition and going out there and doing the right thing for yourself. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, we all have a, a gift and we all have a, a territory that we're supposed to reach. Uh, some of us have a, have a calling to reach further uh, than others, uh, but ultimately, you know, you can't really do any of those things without just believing yourself enough to just go out there and do it and know that it's going to be okay. Um, knowing that there's going to be provision for you. Um, you know, I, I struggled with that uh, sometimes. Sometimes I, I was the first one out, other times I was reluctant. And again, based on like what you just said, based off the responsibilities that you may have, um, I know me, I, I, I got married very young and uh, divorced pretty young, but I was 22, I believe, when my daughter was born. So when I had a, my, when I had a daughter, now I was like, man, you know, I can't necessarily move around the way I want, the way I wasn't moving before because now I'm responsible for someone in, a, in, a, in another way and uh, who I love that little girl to death, you know. Uh, and at that time, there was nothing that, that was going to stop me from stepping out uh, to take, I mean, I'm sorry, sorry, from doing everything I had, I had to do to take care of her. Um, but I wasn't willing to leave and do some of the things that I needed to do because now I have a child. So I can, I have a, I have a, uh, a, 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 I guess a, 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 a answer, I'm sorry, stuttering, an answer for why I didn't, but at the same time, you know, some things that you got, you just have to do, it's almost like being in the military, you got an assignment, go do that, and then come back, take care of your business. So across the board, man, it's like, you just have, you live life and you learn, and uh, there are a bunch of things that you do um, or have opportunities that come your way. Just step out on faith and just know that provision and God's going to provide you everything that you need. And I appreciate that, Ian. I mean, because there's not enough of that going on, um, of fathers being out there. And it's not just in our culture, because sometimes that can be seen in a certain way, but just in general, that you're seeing someone being there and supporting their kids and their family. So that's great that you were able to, to still pursue your career and just do it from a different angle. Like you were still able to do. What Absolutely. You to do. Absolutely. So the last question I have for you is how can our listeners um, find you online? Can you kind of give us your social media handles and um, the platforms that your music is available? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Ian Von Music. That's I-A-N-V-O-N Music. Um, and everything online, every platform, I'm Ian Von. Ian Von or Ian Von Music. That's Twitter. That's Facebook, um, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, all the uh, music p platforms. I actually just recently released a new single this past Friday, November 5th. We released a single called Intruder. Um, it's an incredible record. It's definitely an audio, audio movie. 
And uh, we have a number of different things rolling out really soon. Uh, just want to give a big shout out to my team, um, the collection, uh, Derek Harvin, D1, Franklin Shaw, uh, Xavier, you know, Jarian. We all out here making music like at the highest level. Uh, big shout out to Carlos White. Big shout out to Sean George. Um, these are guys who help me be great. <laughs> so when uh, when people, when you hear me or you see me, you know, these guys likely touched something that I'm doing. So um, to help me get that, that world-class vision and sound. So yeah, check us out. Well, I appreciate you, Ian, for being a part of the show. And I did talk to Ian, you guys already about having him back soon. So hopefully we'll have him to be able to, you'll be able to hear his voice live on, on Space Between. So if you guys haven't heard of Space Between yet, or if you're still looking for something new to listen to, um, Space Between will be like similar to an MTV Unplugged. So we will have a lot of singing, um, some maybe spoken word, a lot of different things that I really want to do to kind of expand upon what we're doing with Black Canvas, but given our guests the ones who definitely are musicians and other platform to share their music. And I think that you guys will be blessed to hear his voice. I've heard him sing on a lot of these songs and these records, and he is amazing. So thank you, Ian, for being a part of Black Canvas. I appreciate you so much. Man, thank you so much for having me. God bless the whole team. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in contact. God bless the audience. Oh, well, thank you, Ian. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Ian, you have a great evening, and we will talk soon. Absolutely. You do the same. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye.